I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Welcome to News Du Jour. You may be wondering, why am I, Annie Bowles, here hosting this podcast? I usually start by telling people I'm a political baby. You see, my parents met working on Capitol Hill. By the time I was two, I had been in my first political commercial and even got lost crawling around the West Wing. Don't worry, Al Gore found me. My family then moved abroad when I was nine, and I attended an international school in Brussels with kids from all over the world, and it is this type of global perspective that I also bring to our show. I graduated from American University in D.C. after studying political science and art history, as well as interning on both sides of Capitol Hill. I even interned down the hall from where my parents met. I'm now pursuing a professional certificate in journalism at NYU in conjunction with Rolling Stone magazine. I guess I was always that friend in the group who cared deeply about not just what was going on politically, but also globally. I often kept my own friends informed through high school and into young adulthood. So I guess I've always done a version of this show. I'm genuinely passionate about following the news, and I'm here to break it down for you guys every weekday. We always strive to be a calmer space to get your news, or as one listener put it, like getting your news from a well-informed bestie. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, everyone. I am so excited for next week because I have two big things coming up to do with Senate Bill 1470. So first and foremost, on Tuesday, the 27th, we are going to be hosting a advocacy day up on Capitol Hill, and that's the Oklahoma State Capitol (laughs) for the record, and we're inviting anyone and everyone to come and have a latte on us, have lunch on us, and get free merch if you show up to the Capitol in support of our bill. It is going to be fun. We have activities, and we have all kinds of different ways that you can support SB 1470 and therefore domestic abuse survivors right there on Capitol Hill. You can send emails. We have a listening booth where you can hear more stories and lots of other fun activities that I'm not going to tell you about just yet because they're very fun and exciting and I want to leave some element of surprise. The timing is from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And I want to emphasize this is a come and go kind of thing. If you can come for 30 minutes, it would mean the world to us. So if you're someone who's like trying to sneak it in on your lunch break, that's a great time to come because, again, we're going to have a free lunch for you guys. The only thing is we do need you to RSVP in order to get your latte and to get your lunch. I'm pretty sure we'll have T-shirts for everybody and buttons for everybody regardless. We're going to have way too many of those. So you'll get one of those regardless, but you need to RSVP in order to have food. So if you wouldn't mind, the link is in our show notes and we would just really appreciate the support. And then on the 28th, the next day, 
I am scheduled. I got my media request approved and I'm scheduled to go out to Mabel Bassett Correctional Facility, which is about an hour, 45 minutes to an hour outside of Oklahoma City. And I'm scheduled to be meeting with April Wilkins, the woman who inspired this piece of legislation. And I'm going to be interviewing her for this show to be able to give you guys a really firsthand account of what happened in April's voice. She's someone who is just a really, really unique person, you guys. Highly intelligent. She um, graduated with her master's from Northwestern at age like, I think, 21, 23, somewhere in that neighborhood very early to graduate with a master's degree, especially from Northwestern. And she is a vegan. She doesn't cuss. She's one of just like the most interesting people that I've ever come across. And so I'm really excited to introduce her to our audience and hopefully she will help inspire even more work for this bill. I also just wanted to say thank you so much for your signatures on our petition. We have over 100 signatures now, so I'm really pumped. And I think a couple hundred, you know, our last petition got a couple thousand, got like 4,000. So I'm hoping to get, you know, numbers in the thousands, but even a couple hundred, you guys, I think would be huge and would say a lot to our lawmakers that people are keeping eyes on this. So if you have time to sign this uh, petition for SB 1470, again, the link is in our show notes. And now without further ado, we will get into the news for today. So I have one mini story for you guys, a longer update on the whole Ruby Frank situation, and then some global conflict updates, mostly on Ukraine, but one about Israel Gaza. Let's jump in. So our mini story, I wanted to let you guys know that two men have been charged in the shooting that took place at a Kansas City chief parade, you know, following the Super Bowl win. The two men, though, are not the only ones facing charges. There are also two teen boys who were involved in the shooting who will also face charges. As a reminder, the shooting killed Elizabeth Galvin. She was a 43-year-old DJ in the area. I also want to let you guys know that Taylor Swift actually donated $100,000 to this woman's family in the wake of her tragic loss. And then for our update on Ruby Frank, I wanted to issue a content warning. This story involves severe child abuse. So we have covered the whole situation with Ruby Frank in detail on this show. But just in case you have missed those episodes, this woman was a mommy blogger in Utah with like millions of followers who had six children and preached a tough love parenting style, but she took it to an extreme. And she was recently uncovered as a child abuser. She was abusing her children. And this all came out when one of them ran away to a neighbor's house for help. The child had duct tape on his wrists and his ankles and was asking for food and water and looked malnourished. Restricting their food was a major theme for Ruby, but also forcing them to sleep on a beanbag or the floor as a form of punishment, you know, when they had a bed to sleep in, a perfectly good bed, or physically restraining them in their rooms by tying up their wrists and ankles. There was a lot of shocking allegations that came out, but 
maybe the most shocking piece for me at least was that her initial reaction was not apologetic or or any type of contrition. She really tried to stand by what she had done and argue that these things were a form of parenting. She didn't be she didn't seem phased that she was being accused of these things. She was trying to argue that she was doing the best she could for these kids, which is pretty unthinkable given what has come out. Child protective services had been called on this woman like multiple times. Sometimes by her older children and then other times by viewers on her YouTube channel who are concerned by her depriving her kids of food as a form of punishment and many other abusive behaviors that she passed off as parenting tips. Just this week, Frank admitted in a plea deal that she had, quote, kicked her son while wearing boots held his head underwater, and closed off his nose and his mouth with her hands, end quote, according to the AP. The AP also reported, quote, Hildebrandt, who's Frank's business partner, admitted to coercing Frank's youngest daughter, who was nine at the time, to jump into a cactus multiple times and run barefoot on dirt roads until her feet blistered, end quote. CBS reported that Ruby tried to convince her two youngest children that they were evil and possessed and needed to be punished in order to repent. And just to add insult to injury here, the children were often told that these abusive acts were acts of love. And that is something that I'm sure they will wrestle with for the rest of their lives. Now that she has pled guilty, she will spend between four and 60 years in prison She finally did issue an apology. However, I could not find the transcript in full. I couldn't find a video of it in full. But I do know that she claimed to have been under the spell of her business partner and fellow defendant, Hildebrandt, Jody Hildebrandt. How much of that is true? I mean, only them and their families could know. But regardless, her husband actually filed for divorce this past November. So, At least her children will be safe from her for the time being. I'm definitely praying for their healing. And now we'll head over for some global conflict updates. I wanted to issue content warning, of course. This story involves war. So hundreds of Ukrainian soldiers may have potentially been abducted. After the capture of Adivka that we discussed yesterday, there are literally hundreds of Ukrainian soldiers who are just missing. And maybe they're dead somewhere, but they also are potentially abducted by Russia. The total is anywhere between 850 to 1,100 soldiers who are just unaccounted for. And we know that Russia likes to abduct Ukrainians and try and like brainwash them in Russia, but they were typically doing this to children. And, you know, that total was according to sources for the New York Times, just so you guys know where I'm getting my information. Um, But long story short, no one knows where these soldiers are. And this is something we're definitely going to be keeping an eye on. I also wanted to tell you guys two about two different stories that have to do with how far Putin is willing to go to exact revenge on individual people. 
So there was a woman who is a dual citizen. She's Russian and American. And she was living in Russia. And she donated $50 to a cause for Ukraine, like somewhere through California, I want to say. But it was some sort of fundraiser for Ukraine. Donated 50 bucks. And she got arrested for treason in Russia. Just as a reminder, the U.S. government has issued a warning for Americans not to travel to Russia as these politically motivated arrests can happen with absolutely no warning or any basis for them. And then even more tragic, a young Russian pilot actually defected to Ukraine, which just means, you know, basically surrendered to Ukraine. He just did not want to participate in this war. And well, he has been shot dead in Spain and not just shot once. His body was found riddled with bullets, you guys. And this comes after the Ukrainian government warned him that he should not leave Ukraine because Putin was looking for him and looking to extract vengeance. But he underestimated the lengths to which Putin would go to exact revenge. And he moved to Spain. And now at the age of 28, he's dead. And for what? Putin says treason. Next up, consequences for Navalny's death. So it appears that the U.S. will prepare for quote-unquote major sanctions against Russia due to the killing of Putin's top political rival, a beloved hero, Alexei Navalny. Biden told reporters, quote, Whatever story the Russian government decides to tell the world, it's clear that President Putin and his government are responsible for Mr. Navalny's death, end quote. He then advocated for the bill to support Ukraine as our leading way to stand up to Putin. And speaking of U.S. politics colliding with Russia, Nikki Haley criticized Putin's killing of Navalny And Trump has not even uttered Navalny's name. Nikki even went as far as to publicly call Navalny a hero. And at the end of the day, Nikki is an experienced diplomat, you guys. Her strength really lies in navigating sensitive, intricate global relationships. And I can't lie. That skill set would come in handy right now at a time when geopolitical relations are contentious as all get out. Another quick Nikki update, she has vowed to continue her presidential campaign past South Carolina no matter what. She has the money to keep going, so what does she have to lose at this point? She's keeping her hat in the ring as Trump's court cases heat up. And now we're heading over to Gaza for a quick update. I wanted to let you guys know about the shooting of some UN convoys. So I started reading this article with a video playing above it, you know, where there's a video that matches the article. A nurse was measuring the circumference of a child's tiny arm and my heart just shattered. It was so small, you guys. He was in the red zone, the danger zone for starvation. Danger of starving to death. This is something that is preventable. Children, you guys, babies, 
need this aid. In the midst of it all, we must keep our humanity about us. Children are children are children. And now their one food supply is being threatened. Israeli forces open fired on a UN truck and it appears that they fired from a Navy ship. And the IDF was actually contacted for comment and it said that it is investigating the incident. The convoy, it was a UN convoy, was on its way up to northern Gaza where approximately 300,000 people are living with essentially zero assistance and like a non-functioning economy for obvious reasons. The UN had, of course, coordinated their travel with the IDF. So that's why it is so confusing why they were fired upon. Luckily, no one was hurt except the aid itself was damaged. So this is something that is just so badly needed. We can't be like wasting it. And so, yeah, it's just definitely a confusing situation. You know, that little boy in the video that I saw, I mean, I wish I could give you guys a visual, but his arm, it was so tiny. It looked like it could just get snapped in half. And that kid needs a meal. You know, I don't know if he's in northern Gaza or in Rafa or where he's at, but they need this aid It is badly needed and it shouldn't be wasted, especially without any reasoning. Um, anyway, with so few resources and so many people still left up in northern Gaza, Israel is once again asking that people move to southern Gaza from the north, which is obviously confusing because now they're talking about raiding Rafa, which is in the south. So I just hope that they're giving a little bit more specific instructions to these people about where is safe for them to exist. The UN is obviously communicating with them and finding it hard and you know, difficult to do their jobs and difficult to get where they need to go safely. So it's just turned into madness, for lack of a better word. But we will definitely keep you guys posted on whatever happens and whatever's next. And that for today is the news du jour. Today, I wanted to leave you guys with the quote, hold fast to dreams, for if dreams die, life is a broken winged bird that cannot fly. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use to listen. A rate and review on that platform or a shout out on social media would mean the world to us and help us to be able to keep creating the news du jour and reach more people who need a calmer space to consume the news. But the best way to support all of our work is to become a patron at www.patreon.com forward slash sugar free media. And that is also linked in our show notes. You can follow us on social media at newsdujour.podcast on both Instagram and TikTok. You can follow my personal account at it's Annie Bowles on both platforms as well. Any little noises you may hear in the background are my rescue pup. He has a little separation anxiety and always records with me. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from. Oh. Oh.